Jeff and Scott on the show today. Scott, what's Yo. going on with you, buddy? Uh, man, I don't want to talk about what's going on with me because it's all bad. It's all bad. What's going on? Yeah, it's all bad. It's all, it's all bad. Don't worry about it, man. It's just all bad. You don't want to talk about it? You don't want to like have a little confessional eh. space? Nah, man. Don't worry about that. All right. Well, prayers up for your boy Scott. Prayers up for them for the boy. Uh, going through some drugs. Um, yeah, man. So, like, what you, what you been up to? Like, what's going on? What we what we talking about today? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, what's going on? I, I guess. Uh, I mean, as of this posting, Biden has won for like the biggest the the next time, I guess. Oh, the, you mean like he's like he won the uh, he yeah. won the electoral college? Yeah, that's that happened. I mean, I guess the 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 thing that's sort of silly about all this is that there's almost no chance that this is going to stop any of the like whining and whinging from people who are just like we got to stop the steal they're still going to try and stop the steal buddy it's not gonna yeah, end. the seals the steal the my pillow guy was just on on uh some one of these crazy rallies talking about uh you know how he wanted to stop the steal i mean what is uh i mean i i don't really I've been keeping up with them, but they've been going, you know, you know, being not checked because what that's what they do. You know, they go crazy and they don't get checked or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, the people, the, uh, what's his name? Like the, the Infowars guy. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah. He, yeah. he's been on a, on a, ro- on a, on a, uh, on a tear lately, actually. Let me find that audio for him. Uh, cause he, recently was like doing what he does best which is screaming uh in a microphone uh at a crowd uh, crowd of like hooting you know hooting maniacs uh about essentially like basically doing a coup like that's the idea and like i don't know it's pretty it's pretty uh yeah bad. disturbing it's a, to say the least uh, let's see. Here's a video. Joe Biden calls for, I'm sorry, uh, Alex Jones calls, uh, faces calls for arrest after apparent Biden threat. So apparently he, uh, threatened Joe Biden. Let's see. So this is from Newsweek. Here, uh, there have been some calls for a conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to be arrested, uh, for calling for President-elect Joe Biden to be removed from office one way or another during a rally in Washington, D.C. Uh, he, he is accused of inciting violence while on stage at a protest attended by Donald Trump supporters and far-right extremists in the Capitol on Sunday. This is from Newsweek. Uh, the rally uh, was held to show support for Trump's disputed and unproven claims that he lost the election because of widespread voter fraud. Uh, during the rally, Jones, who famous, infamously claimed that the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School 
Uh, Matt, yeah, do you remember that with the Sandy Hook? Look, that's not get sidetracked to you. Well, I mean, like, this is some backstory on that. I mean, like, this guy basically, I mean, he's been all around, like, since 9-11, just throwing out conspiracy theories for people who don't know Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> and now he's, like, gone all the way down the QAnon hole. Uh, so that's always fun. Um... But yeah, there's just a lot of stop to steal energy. Uh, and he basically said to remove Joe Biden one way or another, which like, I don't know, like, I'm not here to like defend Alex Jones or whatever. But like, I also don't know what to do in terms of like that kind of stuff can be weaponized against like a lot more broadly than Alex Jones. So I don't know. It's 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 it sucks. and It's complicated. What the hell are you talking about? I don't understand. What you're, I don't understand your so point there. Basically, so if you're if you're basically saying remove the president or whatever, one for one way or another, um, that's kind of like like it is somewhat vague, and like if somebody said to remove like like Trump or whatever one way or another, that would be like turned on them ten times harder than what's going to happen to Alex Jones. Um, I mean, what do you need to go against Alex Jones, really? Like, is he a relevant person? Um, I mean, he's, he has a, he's, he's now banned from YouTube, but he's still got a pretty considerable following on his own website, Infowars, uh, where he basically, basically just spins conspiracy theories all day and night. Uh, he makes internet. That's what he does. I mean... Are we worry about Alex Jones and I mean, who else we got to worry about? Uh, all the other people from the beginning of the Trump thing. The Milo's like talking about being mad at the president on Parler and like, who, is there like a twenty twenty update of all these like awful characters? So, I guess you're, what I'm asking is like, you, like, the, like, what's the rogues gallery now? Like, who is the who's the like big movers and shakers? Yeah, who are the heels? Who are the bad who's guys? The, Who's the dangerous alliance now? Like, I, I mean, it's I mean, Ben Shapiro still like has this space where he he kind of like gives himself a little bit of distance from the you know yeah, QAnon was, hooting you know hordes of psychos. But yeah, like, he, he he went to Harvard Law or whatever, and he gets to decide who who doctors are now. That's right, and. uh I mean, I guess it's it's just hard to keep up. I mean, uh, the 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 gun girl for Caitlin Bennett is still kind of like running around, uh, doing like person on the street videos, asking like, "Did you think this was a a conspiracy or whatever?" And there's a lot of um... wasn't she like going undercover at some point? Like she was like wearing just like a scarf over her head and like sunglasses, like a movie star trying to be like incognito or whatever, being like, what do you think of the gun girl? Mm. That was her? Yeah, she was like doing some like interviews to people about herself or like some weird stuff. Mm -mm. I don't know anything about it. No, but there was like a while where she would like have big old wigs on and be like, ooh, what do you think of the, the Kent State gun girl, huh? What do you think of her? What's that so like? So she was and basically like, like trying and to be like people to talk about like, her. God, what, yeah, a, like, what a psycho! Like, what, like, what kind of a psycho person would go around and like asking people about them, 
selves like in disguise that's that's i mean like i'm not a i'm not a uh I mean, all these things are just like it's just like the gotcha like video that people try to do like like this is basically just like local news things mm -hmm. and it's like 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 six on your side uh oh hey we're here she's trying to, to be a travers mackle or whatever buddy i don't even, I don't even go down that road <laughs> but like you know, it's like a, a like a oh yeah, the local news is on your side. We're gonna bust this uh, place for, I don't know, like uh, charging two dollars extra for guac or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> just just but like she, a bunch of gotcha stuff. Yeah, she's just but she's just like wearing a, a a big wig and being like, oh, what do you think of the Kent State gun girl? Wink at the camera, like hold the mic up, like like very jaywalking are these segments. Mm. I mean. I, the weirdest thing about it to me, and like I'm, excuse me for repeating myself, I suppose, but uh, like like this is about herself. She's having a, she's making people like watch a video about her, like or, or she's filming herself asking people about her. Like that's the joke. That's I mean, look, like very narcissistic, don't you think? I mean, there's no bigger like more foremost expert on me than me. I know the most. I have. I know all the secrets, buddy. Like, who else's advice are you gonna take on that? But 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 you're not giving any advice. You're asking questions. Like, what do you think of me? And then you're like, oh, what's the end? At the end, would she like come out and say like, ah, gotcha? I was talking yeah. to you about me all along. I mean, that's basically smile. You're on candid. Can you got punked by me. That's that's basically like the idea that's to be the whole like. Thing? Oh hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, that gun girl is terrible. And it's like, oh, guess what? I took the wig off, and guess what? It's me. I'm the gun girl. Are you shocked? Uh, don't you feel bad now? Don't, it's don't almost like uh, disrespecting women. It's almost like one of those things where it's like, uh, oh yeah, uh, you thought you were on the internet just posting about somebody, just like letting out, doing all these memes about somebody. But guess what? I'm the me I'm the meme subject. <laughs> How do you meme feel about now? Me, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's just like I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. That's that's it's not like it's not it's certainly not normal for people to I mean, do that, I'm not right? on like the con I'm not on like the conservative YouTube's like doing all the investigations like you are, like I'm not on there. I don't do that all the time. Really. People don't people don't like Doom watch on YouTube anymore. I mean like, I don't yeah, a lot of people do that. Not me. I mean, uh, I've not never done that. So, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that's like. Like, kind of like keeping up with the bad news. I would only want to do that, that kind of a thing, like with other people to, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like the Clancy like, like, thing. Huh? Like Clancy. Read some good, bad Clancy. Yeah, read some. Yeah, just read an article that, uh, or watch a video or something like that. I don't know. It seems it seems a little bit boring unless you're doing it on like Twitch or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's like which you can, you know, you can do it that way if you're like doing it with the chat or whatever, and like not like I don't know. It just seems a little bit pathetic to just like watch those kinds of things at home by yourself and just laugh about it. I mean, I guess, I guess there's something to that. I guess you could do that. Just doesn't seem very like very interesting to me. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, some people just like have to watch that. Like people have to watch it for, like for their job. 
Yeah, there's like ingest all that stuff, and it's just like, oh man, we gotta like shoot it in your veins. Yeah, eventually it's just like watching Jerry Springer, and it's like, oh man, just look at all this stuff they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, but like on the other side, somebody's watching that, like, oh yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is interesting. I don't know. It's weird to think about. I mean, do you find it interesting? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I mean, the idea that they're just doing like shock jock radio and people are like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is incredible knowledge I'm getting, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're just doing what people have been doing while people have been driving to work for like the last 20 years. <laughs> it's like, just taking it over. Yeah, it's just uh, like your local pundit and the zoo crew, like mm-hmm. you have. You have the guy who makes this on the soundboard, and you have the guy who makes the phone calls, who's maybe the prank phone call guy. You know, you know the you know the crew, Jeff. You know the crew. I mean, I know too many of those crews, but like, I don't know, like the brain, the way that uh, I just can't help but like think about Walton and Johnson, and I just want to throw up. Uh, yeah, they were bad. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> like, like, like the they horrible. were like. Like the horrible, like like, I think one of them's dead now, right? Uh, one of them died, which I'm just like, oh, no tears. But but also it's like, like I don't know. That was just like everybody would listen to that stuff on the radio. Dude, every job I had, like that was at like a warehouse or something. If there's a radio there or like a plumbing job, you're in the truck. Like getting a ride from your boss before, it's like, oh yes, yeah, Walton and Johnson. Like, mm-hmm. It's just so like ubiquitous in certain parts of the world. I mm-hmm. mean, all cars on the table. I used to live in Picking, Mississippi. Like, yeah. Back when I worked a bunch of jobs like that, and like, that's just what people put it on. You know, they want to listen to it. Like, and he couldn't really so bad though. Like, like and it was before everybody had like an iPod, iPod even, or like a. Yeah, that's like you can put headphones on to just like tune out the world, which you can do now. Not to gild the lily too much, but like, like a lot of radio is like you know, it's it's parted out like to syndicated radio morning shows. Like, oh yeah, like you're in you're in New Orleans more now than ever. WHIV, the show that comes in us, Don P, he has the only uh, New Orleans-based rap radio morning show in the in the new orleans area and like that's crazy to me because like they used to be like three or four weeks listen to like they, they were all over the place yeah but, but now they're it's now just, just like, like they're not in town they're coming from like yeah, you los get angeles one, or houston or, yeah, or los, los angeles or new york or new like york. clear channel yeah. i mean even if there was a show from like houston i would be like oh yeah that's fine all right maybe one from uh houston was a pretty pretty big regional radio city for a while but i think it just consolidated more and more over time yeah yeah i mean yeah it's so weird Mm -hmm. because like there used to be so many local radio shows Mm -hmm. yeah and and they're gone now uh, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. Good morning, comrade. You get more information, goodmorningcomrade.com. Uh, yeah, and, and I guess, and I'm not like trying to like, maybe a little bit, but like local radio is dying, and like like the only places that you can really find it are like in bits on a big station, 
like not even like fully like full time. Yeah, but or, you might get like a you might get like a, a night a night DJ or like a, a afternoon DJ. Or yeah, like, or like, like these low powered um, like independent community stations like they have all over the place now too, and that's like that's a lot less prominent, I guess you could say, in terms of power. But it's yeah, I, mean, I mean, but it's but it's like as live as you can get. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's like more live because. <laughs> We're like taping in, in advance, of course, but but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, more yeah, like advanced, actual like, real world, like, um, I mean, look, I mean, we have, I mean, well, I mean, uh, ideally, we all have jobs and we have to wake up and like go do them instead of like working at five o'clock and go on the radio and go. Like, recently, uh, recently retired Tom Joyner, he he, he had Who's one of Tom the, Joyner. Like, He's had a morning show, and he it was one of the top three, like in the like Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, who do they have now? They have the Breakfast Club, and they have Steve Harvey. That's out of L.A. and New York. That's yeah, like they have the, like Kid Craddock, syndicated stuff we're just talking about. Yeah, those are all the big shows. Like, those are the ones all the big stations, like all the clear channel stations, just want to play. Like, mm-hmm. that's boring. Like, oh, it's, it's almost he, like Howard Stern used to be, right? Yeah, he was like so ubiquitous or whatever. Uh huh. He was like nationwide, and like, like I, I mean, like he wasn't the first one to do it. To be clear, I mean, like uh, that's that's a very old, you know, kind of model. It's been. Around. I mean, it really, really kind of came together in the '80s and stuff. I mean, he kind of, he kind of like, like Don Imus and him kind of like, like pushed the mold or whatever. But like then, then it was like, oh. Then now you you don't even need local radio people anymore, right? Like, you know well, I mean? well, because I mean, in the in a capitalist structure, uh, you want to reduce costs and 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 you want to increase consolidation. So when like the, in the '80s specifically, when they just deregulated the entire industry, then essentially like these corporations were able to um, they were able to just buy up all of these local stations, you know, have them affiliate with these, you know, big networks and then close them down at the local level and just replace it with syndication. That's just that's what like, happened. That's, 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 that's the nineties. I mean, the eighties and the nineties and, and really what happened a lot, especially on AM radio is that like with the talk scene, I mean, other than like small experiment, I mean, small, small stations or I'm sorry, national stations like Air America or um, which was its own, which had its own set of problems, by the way. I don't, don't get that twisted. Um, but like without other, other than that, I mean, all radio was like right wing radio. I mean, that's what they did. Like they couldn't get on TV. So they were like, oh, we can we can fill these slots on AM radio. Like, yeah, you can get on TV too. But like AM radio is just like constantly all the time what people are listening to because it's in the car, right? I mean, yeah, like, I you mean, know how many people listen to Rush Limbaugh since, you know. I mean, people don't want to listen to music. They want to listen to somebody talking. Like, you know, it's almost like somebody's in the car with them when yeah. you're on the, the morning computer or whatever. Yeah, maybe we should. Um... We should probably get somebody to come on and talk a little bit more about this history, but um, do we know I mean, any, the, like... the broad strokes of it is essentially, you know, communication got less localized and it got like more like top down corporate um, and essentially 
the the entire like locality the local thing the local piece got drowned out almost entirely you know i mean they used to be like local radio stars and stuff like yeah i mean but they were also still a part of these networks and that was mostly that was mostly um uh mostly like music right what do you mean like mostly it was it was it was like on on music stations you would have a lot fewer local maybe I'm wrong on this but a lot fewer local like talk radio people right other than like a slot I mean, people, a drive time in the afternoon I where, mean I think it might have been like maybe more newsy mm-hmm. I mean yeah, I mean and we're kind of right into the here. show right into the show if you disagree but I mean I guess reckon. Like back in the day, it was more like, oh, you do a little bit of music, then you do an ad break, or like less talking, more like, oh, this is a new hit. I mean, broadcast history is very interesting, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I'm not particularly equipped to like get into it, into it, other than the broad strokes. Yeah, um, if you're if you're a radio historian, a broadcast radio historian, you want to be on the show, please. We will have a whole special about it. Yeah, come on, come on down, come talk to it, come talk to to the GMC crew. Um, so I guess one of the other things that are happening right now, uh, is um, teachers in my school district in particular uh, have been getting have been reporting in the in the news. A little bit about the conditions that that schools are uh, are like uh, this, at schools during during this kind of COVID. There's been a rise in cases uh, that's been pretty um, alarming. I mean, huh? Sure, it's alarming. I mean, the whole situation, the fact that we have people in schools right now is pretty alarming to me. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, the people that want schools to be open are just getting all the getting all the the platforms, I guess. You know. Well, I mean, they got money too. That, that's the that's the critical piece here. Uh, yeah. yeah, coronavirus cases still rising in Jefferson Parish. Uh, here's an article from Vanola. Uh, as New Orleans area public schools continue to see an elevated number of coronavirus cases since the Thanksgiving holiday, they are reporting more than 400 new COVID-19 cases among students, teachers, and staff on the week ending on Thursday. The biggest increase both on both active infections and quarantines was in Jefferson, where public schools saw 169 new cases among student staff uh, this week. It's an increase of 15% and another 17 uh, 1,758 rather were in quarantine, which is an increase of 7%. So line go up on, uh, cases yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of cases. Like I've heard of school districts, like talking about closing down, getting like 70 or 80, mm-hmm. like that's more than new Orleans, like new Orleans parish. They said like new Orleans, uh, like they said, they're keeping it down to like 70. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that like Jefferson Parish, like a satellite of New Orleans, is even worse. But we have we have a bigger school, more, more people in public school in Jefferson than in uh, Orleans. We have more schools too. I mean, I don't think they counted. The, yeah. We have the biggest school district in the state of Louisiana, in Jefferson Jesus. Parish. And so naturally, you would have the most cases. Yes. Uh huh. Because... I mean, but, but also we're. I mean. I can't speak for other places, but we're we're quite 
um, at least the way I see it, quite reckless um, in how we're, we're rolling things out. Um, there was an article that came out in Gambit uh, that, that came out, I believe it was either today or yesterday, uh, where the um, where, where, where again teachers were talking about uh, their situation. There it comes. Uh, well, this is from Jake Clapp. Uh, students and teachers in suburban parishes grapple with broken rules, stress, and depression during the pandemic. Uh, so, um, by the end of the first week of December, uh, this is by Jacob Clapp, uh, and there's another article I want to talk about too. By the end of the first week of December, at least 1,638 Jefferson Parish public school staff and students were quarantining as of December 9th, so it's of last week. Uh, the school district reported 169 confirmed cases uh, since schools reopened. Now, is there any mention of what, what could be done to what Jefferson Parish is doing to like rectify this? Uh, so before we get into that, I want to get a little bit more deep into uh, Kaylee Poche's story, uh, who um, who wrote this article that's in Gambit right now called "Virtually Impossible: Suburban Parishes Struggle to Protect Students, Teachers from COVID." So um, it, it, uh, it begins. Uh, actually, there. So the week before Thanksgiving break, a Jefferson Parish science teacher noted several students in one of her classes had textbook syndromes of COVID-19, fever, fatigue, and sore throats. So she did what has now become routine for teachers across the state. She reported the cases to the school officials and sent seven of them home. Those steps weren't enough. By the time the class resumed after the holiday break, nearly all of the 27 students were home thanks to the outbreak. That came as a surprise to the teacher who said that she heard nothing about the severity of the outbreak from administration officials. Quote, apparently someone was positive in that room, but nobody told the teacher anything, she, the teacher said. Like most of the teachers working in Jefferson Parish, St. Bernard Parish, with whom Gamut spoke, they would only speak under the condition of anonymity, citing concern of reprisals from school officials. So, like, teachers who are experiencing covid like they're or at least having covid in that classroom are not being told about it one and then they're so scared to tell anybody about it that they won't even go public record on that and, and a little bit more about that in a bit um i mean article goes on uh, a little bit uh, let me find a couple of the quotes here um apparently uh, exposure to a positive case only warrants three days out now. They recently like um, they recently reduced the quarantine requirement. So if you were exposed, you only need to be out of school for three days. Nobody's getting the full quarantine anymore. And remember, if you were uh, what it was is uh, initially if you were um, exposed to someone with COVID, the CDC regulations suggested that you should be out for you should be even if you weren't uh, having symptoms. And and I may be not accurate on that but i think that i think i'm right um you should be quarantined for 14 days uh just as a safety precaution to make sure that you're not going to be spreading this infection to anybody else um and again this is happening all across the country but right now in jefferson um goes on to say it's familiar for uh, a familiar story for students and teachers across the region, particularly in the suburban parishes, where officials have gone to great lengths to maintain an appearance of normalcy 
during the pandemic, which is, by the way, patently psychotic, pretending that everything is normal in the middle of like a global pandemic that just crossed the line of killing 300,000 people just in the U.S. and pretending everything is cool and normal is, uh, I don't know, that, that, that's like the most frightening possible thing, like a panic is like less scary to me than that, right? Just like acting normal in the midst of chaos. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd classify it as pretty cringe. <laughs> yes, very cringe. Uh, yeah. A quote says, we literally have janitors now who are having to watch classes because the teacher is out. It's insane. That's what they're, that's, that's a, that's a quote from, from a teacher uh, anonymously. I mean, janitors have a whole other job. Yeah, they, they have, have an entire job. Too. And uh, um, there was, I'll have to find some, um, the piece, but there was an article on, I mean, it was a, a news piece on Fox. I mean, I'm sorry, on uh, Channel 6 that came out. I think it was today uh, as of uh, recording. This is Monday. Um, that basically was very similar to the story. I'm not sure if it was the same teacher, but it was at uh, Gretna Middle School. Um, by the end of December, at least 1,638 Jefferson Parish public school staff and students were quarantining an uptick of 400 more people than quarantined last two weeks earlier uh, in November 18th. Uh, as of December 9th, the district reported 169 total cases, like I said earlier. Uh, in St. Bernard, uh, in St. Bernard Public Schools, 22 of the 106 adults and students um, uh, who have reported testing positive so far reported their cases that same week, according to Alexander Schneider, who speaks for the district. Um, 26 of them were active as of December 4th. Um, and yeah, that's, and unlike Jefferson, they said that the district doesn't keep the school related quarantine data, which is actually probably not great. You probably should hold on to that information. It sounds important to me. I mean, you don't need it anymore, right? Like, yeah. It, gets it is quick. what it is. Que sera, sera. Look, man, look, what are you going to do? He's going to have all this paper lying around. You can't just keep that, keep that stuff around. You got to, you got to keep your office space neat. Uh, it goes on to talk a little bit about the superintendent's strong start plan, uh, which is just like, I mean, I was there when this was presented initially and like, I'm, I, I had, nobody had seen it before. This was the time that it was, it was at the, the, the Senate, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was the Senate, uh, education committee, uh, in, in Jefferson, pa I mean, sorry, in, uh, Baton Rouge, uh, the state legislature and, uh, like I, I was sitting with uh, a couple of folks, former guests, um, um, uh, Jamal Taylor and a couple of other folks uh, just kind of like talking about how this plan at that point was like very clearly insufficient and I actually provided testimony uh, in front of the Senate uh, telling exactly what the problems would be uh, with implementing it uh, and I mean <laughs> being on the record <laughs> in the minutes uh, of the Senate Education Committee uh, as being correct is always kind of cool, I guess, but uh, it sucks it didn't stop anything. Uh, anyway, on this, uh, let's just pause real quick for station ID and we'll continue on the strong. Um, I'm sorry, you listen to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. We got Jeff and Scott on the show. We're talking about uh, schools uh, right now. Um, and we're talking about the, we're, we're going into the uh, cases of COVID that have been, uh, I mean, pretty 
far and widely spread to you know students and children and teachers and and you know as an extension of that to their families i mean um the number of people that are quarantining uh is increasing uh so the strong start plan uh, which is the plan that was developed by the superintendent uh has an faq list and on that faq list the phrase extent possible so like like we will do um, quarantining to the extent possible. We'll, and, and that phrase comes up, according to this, 10 times. Students can sit in tables or on rugs if they're physically distanced to the maximum extent possible. Staff and students in third grade and older must wear masks on campus and, and on buses, again, to the maximum extent possible. So like, that does not mean that they're going to be doing this, that they're yeah, required they're to necessarily do this. If uh, essentially it gives like a little weasel word to well, say we, that like man. oh well it wasn't possible like it was outside of the extent possible so that's why we weren't uh following uh those guidelines ex like like directly because we were doing the best that we could which is like i don't know that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of leeway right i'm not comfortable with that in the midst of a a global pandemic i mean that's why like it's just legalese to get out of it and like yeah. not have accountability. Like, like that's, this is stuff that like makes people be like, Oh man, I hate lawyers. There's always something in like, they're putting in like that. But, like Trial lawyers. Yeah. Sorry, Clancy. I'm not trying to get uh, kicked out of media in the state or whatever. And we're reading but, his, uh, we're reading his paper too. This is from Gambit. The plan does say that desks should be spaced. This is back from the article. The plan does say that desks should be spaced six feet apart in classrooms to the maximum extent possible. In many local classrooms, though, it's physically impossible to come anywhere close to that. One Jefferson Parish teacher said she came in before the school year to arrange her classroom. She could only get desks between 14 inches and two feet apart. And that's what some classrooms currently look like so basically the guidelines from cdc say six feet and and there's also a lot of evidence if you you know check with mark allen dairy um you can check out a noise filter uh on this on this show or on facebook uh, uh essentially like even six feet is not necessarily like good enough um here's a quote from the article if 14 inches is the greatest extent possible then that's what you've got to go with one Jefferson Parish teacher said, I think the strong start plan has some deliberate loopholes in it. Wow. Uh, Susan Hassig, an epidemiologist at Tulane University, said that, that she's not happy with that language from a public health standpoint. And even though it's similar to language used in CDC guidelines for, uh, for various group settings. So I guess I guess that's that's in there. And it's a weasel word from the CDC, too. I mean, it doesn't matter who it's from. The bottom line is, no, you should not be uh, this article. No, you should not be finding spaces to allow children and the teachers to be functioning within appropriately spaced and controlled kind of environment. Yeah. Okay. So you should be, it's, it's, the bottom line is no, you should be finding that space, uh, which we don't have. I mean, it's, it's, it's plain and simple. Uh, the social distance is only getting harder as students are deciding to switch from virtual to in-person instruction because uh, they have been pressuring people to uh, come back in. Uh, Kessler Kamis Jones, uh, who is the president of Jefferson Federation of Teachers, uh, said at the December 2nd school board meeting that uh, 
many classrooms in the district were overcrowded and as students come back to campus and it's uh, over the legal limit for students in that classroom. So uh, there is a lot of uh, really kind of horrifying stuff going on right now uh, in those schools. There's more. Uh, I recommend everybody check out the article. Uh, it's by Kaylee Poche, uh, a staff writer over at Gambit. Um, and I, just a couple more quotes, because uh, I have a couple of people that I uh, wanted to highlight in particular. Uh, this is from uh, a teacher at, uh, who's actually, she's actually somebody that I know, and we should probably get her to come on and talk about it this. Uh, she teaches at Grace King. Her name's Linda Monticelli. She says, quote, I have students taking off masks. They're hugging each other. I reprimand them. I call parents. Uh, and uh, they joke that they're going to die. And I tell them that it's not a joke. I don't know how else to convince them that this is ridiculous. You know, uh, another teacher said half the kids don't wear their masks correctly. The other half are like, my daddy says this is all a joke. <laughs> we teach our students to be proactive. This is another quote from another teacher. Uh, we teach our students to be proactive. Uh, this is from Linda, actually, Linda Monticelli. Uh, we teach our students to be proactive, teach them to think critically, teach them uh, all of these skills, and feel like it's for nothing. If they're seeing our leadership not take this pep uh, epidemic seriously, then they're not going to take it seriously either. 100% correct. Like, <laughs> 100% correct. I mean, not to get all politicky, but, like, all the people that just, like, were like, oh, yeah, this is fake. This is a fake thing. Like, mm -hmm. they're the first in line to get, like, their, their like, like, the immunization is like that's not going to a mailman that's going to the people who spent like seven months being like oh this is fake don't just don't do all that stuff well that's if they want to take the if they even choose to take the um the thing no oh, there's a lot there's a huge disinformation they, um, uh, they, they had to report about the people from the white house being like oh yeah person <laughs> give it to me um, this is from John Goose, the, the rush to reopen schools, uh, who's a teacher, he's a teacher at West Jeff, uh, the rush to reopen schools, uh, when this all started was right in line with, with the Trump administration and what Bessie DeVos was pushing on the country. Uh, when seven out of our nine board members are Republicans of that stripe, it didn't, uh, it does, it didn't surprise a lot of us, uh, that, oh, of course they're following these people. There's a lot of money that's at risk if everybody stays home. That's, I mean, I agree with that. Um, before we wrap up, um, on this piece, and then I want to get to a response that the school system sent, um, at board meetings and, and interviews, teachers in both parishes repeatedly said that they don't feel that their school districts are being transparent with them. 100%. They, they keep doing this thing and, and you'll see that in a minute. Um, where they would send out an email that would say essentially somebody tested positive we can't tell you who it is and we checked everything out you haven't had been closely exposed to them you, you know you don't you don't need to go get a test or whatever um and you know just chill out we needed to tell you this that's it carry on um but here's um linda monticelli again uh, we find out through the grapevine who tested positive she said this at a board meeting, at a school board meeting. So, uh, yikes. According to Jefferson Parish School District, once principals are made aware of a positive test, they work with the school nurse to begin contact tracing. They don't work with the teacher, I guess, or the person that was infected. 
but uh, the definition that they're that they're operating under is defined as anyone determined to be within six feet of the infected person for a total of at least fifteen minutes during a twenty-four hour period. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. I mean, we almost we almost closed our restaurant down for the weekend because we found out like somebody was in the same room as somebody with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of one the frustrating. Of, uh, go ahead. One one of our cooks had to stay over fourteen days because like somebody came like to our house and yeah. knocked on the door, came inside and was like, "Oh yeah, I, I do have COVID." And now they've rolled it down to even in close contact and exposure of somebody to three days. So like even if you do have contact, that that fifteen minute contact, um, three within six feet, yeah. three days is like what they're they're saying to quarantine for. If you don't show any symptoms by then then like come on back now that's to say nothing about someone who's asymptomatic which you can still spread yeah uh, if you're not having symptoms it. so it's like it, it, this is a quote from from Guza again uh one of the frustrating things about jefferson Parish throughout this entire process is there's not any real levels of transparency that exists something that a lot of us have been pushing is hey jefferson Parish, like on the regular give us up-to-date numbers uh, at the individual schools they have not provided that um it would help to you know hey this school here has got there's six people and at that school there's eight people you know and it i mean again i think this causes almost like worse than a panic right i mean yeah of course if people are panicking at least they recognize a problem like when people are trying to act too calm it's like oh yeah this guy is definitely like pushing us pushing us away from the yeah, life it's just, a, just like, a, like a pervasive distrust yeah, like, why would I trust the people I'm supposed to trust? Because, like, they're giving me the information to, like, get me sick and, like, make them money. Like, mm-hmm. if we're being honest, like, I mean, that's my opinion. I'm I'm not a teacher, but, like, if somebody's just basically like, oh, well, here's this money. Go jump in the way of this bullet. Like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you just are just trying to, like, give me some money in case I'll live. Mm-hmm. But they're not even giving me all money. Like, what? The, are the teachers getting any like hazard pay or anything like this? No, no. Um, and then it goes on to say, in the meantime, teachers in both parishes, Orleans and Jefferson, say their mental health is declining. They're having to plan multiple lessons per class period for virtual students and for in-person students. You have to teach in-person kids and virtual kids at the same time. Um, mm, and some insane. of them are missing their planning periods to cover for other people. Uh, two people in the parish reported working more than eight hours a week this semester, 80 hours a week this semester, which is like, you know, that's a, that's a, (laughs) that's That's like against, that's against union regulation. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, technically we are only contracted for the hours that we're at school, which is from, which is, you know, regular school days, Monday through Friday, you know, and, and one, um, and then Jefferson Parish one. There's no way they're 80 hours in a week. No, it's it's, uh, not, it's like it's like it's like around forty, like it's like it's thirty-eight. Not, I think it's not possible. Uh-huh. Weeks weeks can't have more than eight hours. It's not possible. You'll never convince me. Wait, weeks can't have more than eight hours. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll never believe it. Eighty hours. That's what I meant. So oh, I mean, there's 168 hours in a week. No, no, you're lying. Um, there's no way. That's too many hours. You're pulling my leg. Uh, 
Kessler, Camise Jones says a lot of our employees are really, really overworked and that um, they're drowning essentially at the school board meeting. Uh, one of the teachers says we are so overworked that if uh, we're to be successful at our jobs, which is that we all, what we all want, then something in our personal life inevitably has to suffer. I have practically zero time to spend with my wife, and I can't imagine that it would uh, what it would like to be to have kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already have kids, right? You're a teacher, right? There's a lot of talk. Here's another quote. Uh, there's a lot of talk about see this therapist. This depression medication did uh, didn't work for me. That that this one didn't work. I take this anxiety medicine medication. Um, that's something that's totally behind the scenes. So essentially putting, yeah, basically forcing teachers into the already, you know, insufficient mental health care system that we have, uh, which, you know, that, that does cost money as well. Um, final quote, um, I'm walking around with a weight on my chest constantly, uh, and huge anxiety. One teacher said in Jefferson, I'm constantly looking for another job. I don't know what I can do at my age that will pay my mortgage, but I cannot handle the situation much longer. So basically people are at their breaking point uh, in Jefferson Parish, which and Orly and in St. Bernard Parish apparently. And and I'm and I would be surprised if that was not the case in, in several other places. Um there was a response. I don't have the uh, email up, but I have there was an update on the article. Um, from the, and this is actually directly from, um, from, uh, Gambit, uh, update on the evening of December 14th, following the publication of the article, Jefferson Parish Superintendent James Gray sent out an email to all employees referencing, re referencing the article. In the email, the district did not outright deny anything in the article, but did attempt to clamp down on staff publicly sharing potential problems with the school's handling of COVID-19 protocols. Quote from the, from the letter. We recognize that these are trying times, but we cannot abide by the spreading of misinformation, Gray wrote in the email. If you have questions or legitimate concerns that can be solved, we ask you to follow the proper channels to help you. So essentially what they're doing is they're saying that if you report this to the pr we, we want you to report this to us, not the press. You know, they, they, yeah, they so, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're just circumventing the media, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, and then there's, there's, you know, they're calling the information that that's being shared by these teachers, these, this lived experience misinformation, you know, that they're, well, they're, they're saying that they're addressing misinformation when teachers are talking about what they're doing and what they're seeing in school, in, oh, yeah. in the schools, you know, I like mean, they're I'm, calling that misinformation. Look, man, they don't work in the front office. They don't know what it's like to push papers. Yeah, man. Look, have you ever looked at an Excel spreadsheet before? It like, yeah, this sucks the life out of you, man. Oof. It so that's what's you, going on. It personally debases you. It's miserable. <sighs> You're I listening mean, to yeah, HIVLP New Orleans 102.3. is Good Morning Comrade. So that's what's going on in the schools. Uh, we have uh, teachers talking about how they're overworked, how they're not able to have appropriate spacing for uh, the COVID-19, uh, even the protocols that are given in a meaningful way other than the like weasel out language of um to the extent possible right <laughs> i mean yeah, geez. it's pretty it's pretty like miserable shit. yeah thanks for that <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's 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 just brutal it's just like absolute brutality that's taking place in the school system if you ask me 
I mean, it's pretty gross. Like, it's them just being like, yeah, we're taking care of it. And then being like, hey, teachers, take care of it. You're not getting any extra, any extra pay, and you might have to work a lot more. And if you talk uh, about it to anybody but yeah. us, uh, then we're going to If you complain about anybody, like, like, we'll just jack you up and bring you to, like, a tribunal or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and that's sort of like the whole situation, right? Like, it's just... The whole point of it is to scare people and to, um, you know, prevent them from um, stepping up and 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 defending themselves yeah, like in any meaningful way, representing their own rights. Right. Like none of these none of these uh, administrators are like, oh yeah, I got I I'll go teach a class or something. Like they're just sitting in their front office, like with the door closed, looking through it with the, like their name painted on it. And, and and I mean that might or might not be the actual case, but but I guess the the, the point here is that like there is obviously a lack of fa- like the reason that these teachers are even going to a reporter and talking to a reporter is because they don't f- they either feel that those the, the the official channels that are being proscribed by the school system are either unsafe or ineffective or both. I mean the 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 um the unsafe would be definitely um you know the, the the idea that many of these 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 teachers are not not using their name in this article except for you know John and Linda um that's that's that says that they're scared of reprisals and repercussions in both Jefferson and, and St. Bernard Parish as well I mean can they even afford to like take these people off the front line like what do you mean? Like, if can can the administration even af- afford to reprise against these people? Like, well, that's that's one of the really like, interesting questions, like, right? Yeah, like, like, like you kind if, of are if, in a very strong position because they need people. Like, like it said in the article as well, they're putting they're putting uh, they're putting janitors and and people custodial staff, people whose job is not explicitly to um, yeah. teach Entire children. Jobs. Is to like clean up, like yeah. You know, like I mean, obviously, sure, like, like they're going to like like custodial staff have helped me a lot in, in the past. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 um they're like members. you know you need to go to the bathroom or whatever. You know they can you poke in and keep an eye on the kids, or you know that's a potential example. I'm not saying that's what happened, but yeah, but, they're an adult. Like yeah, they're, like they're 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 somebody at the school that that um that that can that that. Yeah, I I don't really get like the negative look at like the. The janitor when I was a kid, like the janitor was just like an adult with like like authority and stuff, you know. Like or they got a job; person. they're just a person doing a job, you know. Yeah, they're they're keeping the building. They're working. Um, yeah, nothing. Like, and this is one of the more other important things, too. And and I said this like, when the um when the COVID like when the initial stay at homes happened and everybody was sort of told to uh when we, we closed the schools the first time, uh which was like. Guess who was going to school? Was the the um, custodial staff? They were literally essential workers at that time, and and they. I mean, I'm not sure if they received any kind of of COVID pay or hazard pay or whatever. But like, it shows exactly how important those people are because you literally like needed somebody that would that would essentially disinfect or close down the schools you know, at that given time. And it's really, really, um, 
it really does is it, it shows like what actual power those folks have you know yeah i mean like those are the people who can grind everything to a halt absolutely they're in a very like critical position for that yeah Ugh. anyway yep so we've schools huh what's up schools huh what are yeah. you saying? What are you, what are you gonna say? No, I mean, like, in, in just beyond that, not much. I mean, across the across the U.S., I mean, there's different um, there's different like levels by which um, you know the school systems have been open. Uh, the South, and and I mean, to be a little bit reductive about this, red states like like you know Republican governed states. Are, have been much more aggressive about opening up while um, because partially because you have a lot more of a uh, governance issue with people who are you know more right wing more inclined to not believe in uh, the COVID uh, the reality of COVID or the effects of COVID or be less um, worried about the impacts of COVID. Um, whereas in places where, and I think this is much more of a factor than, um, like red or blue or whatever, like Democrat or Republican governance, but in places where there are stronger unions, uh, I'm thinking of, of, uh, Chicago specifically, uh, New York, um, Los Angeles, and I'm sure other places there has been more of a emphasis i mean i think chicago they still haven't returned physically to school for everyone um i could be wrong on that fact i mean um but the the thing that really blows me away in all of this covid business is that the the number of people the number of cases of covid in uh march were like so much smaller i have to go back and look at the actual numbers but it was a fraction of number of cases that we're having now but there's so much of an emphasis on making sure that we keep everything open despite that fact so like more people are more more people have it and more people are infected with it and and uh hospitals are getting closer and closer to uh icu capacity um now they were very much at like much closer and it was a lot more of an acute issue in the early stages however uh, maybe maybe i don't want to stand by that because i might be wrong um but anyway the the sort of like two things and then uh like like that that capacity sort of like it's the, the fact that that the numbers were so much relative to now lower but the response was so much more of a let's make sure everything is cool first sort of approach uh is like really kind of like it makes you feel like you're you're kind of crazy looking at that and then the other thing that i think is kind of key in this is that when the schools started reopening then you started to see more other jobs more of other jobs uh opening up as well right because when yeah, sure. kids are back in school then because you don't because your parents don't have to stay at home to like watch your kids or don't have to find any kind of uh, um uh child Sitter. care for them then it's much easier for bosses to essentially say well you don't need to watch your kids anymore you come into work now too 
So essentially, there's almost like a domino effect that when the when the teachers and and, and the school workers uh, returned to school, there was a, a knock-on effect of more people were able to return to their jobs, which meant that the you know the economy opened back up, as they love to put it, and. <clears throat> If that American, if that had not that, happened, Americans open, baby. Um, but if that had not happened, um, or if that at some point got reversed, uh, which the only way that's going to happen, in my view, is if teachers refuse to go in uh, and other school workers as well. Um, the only way that's going to happen is if if if, if teachers that work at school that goes refuse to go in. I mean, the way that we've seen this as being like so opaque and so uh, dismissive of of these perspectives of teachers by the school districts, um, it it implies to me at least that there's no intention of closing anything down. They are hell bent on keeping everything open. So uh, yeah, it's. It, the only thing that's going to make this happen is the workers themselves and the parents. I mean, the parents need to be able to say, uh, hey, w we need to be cut some checks here right now because the um, we need to be cut some checks here right now um, because there's no uh, there's no way we can stay home and not go to work. We need to and, and watch our kids, but it's not safe for our kids to go to school. It's not safe for us to go to work. We need to be locked down like we were in March, but actually for real, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, people are, it's going to be harder now than it was before because people aren't scared. They're bored. Yeah. That's that. And that's the really kind of, um, well, and it's not just that they're bored. Like, I think that you can figure out what to do, but like the fact that in the U S as opposed to most other countries in the world, the, um, there was a, um, some kind of relief that was given to people that was more than just that little token, you know, $1,200 check, which helped a lot of people. But I mean, that, that was six months ago, you know, that, 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 that was like in June, I think, or, or maybe it was, um, May. It was a very, 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 it was almost a half a year ago when that check went out um, and there's been, uh, well, I guess there was the extra $600 a week of unemployment. Um, however, other than that, I mean, there's been no relief, no support, no nothing for American workers and, and, and the f more so than bored. Um, there's just this pinch of resources. So if you're not working, then you're, you're, you're struggling and you can, and that's evidenced by, I mean, and if you saw those lines in Texas for food, <laughs> you know? Yeah, people are not doing well. No, it's not not doing well. And it's uh, decisions that people have made to make that happen. I mean, COVID could have been a lot less terrible in the U.S. had we actually allowed for people to have the resources to lock down. And you would have a lot less of these deniers acting like maniacs, I think, too, if, if you're getting checks. Anyway, uh, we got to shut it down. Uh, we're running out of time. Anything you want to say on the way out? Um, no, nah, man. Miss being on the show. I'm sorry Jeff uh, tried to kick me off, but I, I fought my way back on the show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. 
Uh, you can listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. Uh, you can check us out online, whivfm.org slash good hyphen morning hyphen comrade. And also on our website, goodmorningcomrade.com. Uh, tell the people bye, Scott. Bye, Scott. Big dogs out. Woof, woof. Oh.